0: This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to Doris, the woman who I stayed with on a short-term mission trip in Northern Ireland in 2012. Doris, man, I love you. There is no one I would rather wake up to at five o'clock in the morning saying, Jordan, do you want any grapefruit segments? (laughs) And although that sounded more Scottish than anything else, um... You just taught me a lot about entering someone's life and actually learning about them.
1: We wonder. Are we wrong? We take.
0: hi everyone hello i'm jordan i'm sarah and this is couch communion couch communion
1: i always give us a theme song even though we literally have a theme song
0: that's true <laughs> i
1: don't know why i do that
0: that one and i, I like great i love our theme song but i liked that version because that sounded like the very end of the all that theme song
1: uh uh <laughs> oh this is couch (laughs) communion this is couch communion perfect yeah um well today here on couch communion um we are going to be talking sort of about mission trips short term long term um but more you know salient nope that's not how you say that (laughs) the more salient point i think is what i was trying to say the deeper issue we're talking about is when help is actually helpful and when it's hurtful yes before we take it away actually Mm -hmm. um we also wanted to say happy pride yes to everyone because it's pride it's june it's june um (laughs) the reason that the take it away thing made me think of it is um so I went to Target the other day and I saw the little asexual flags that you yeah. sent me a picture of. And then I also went back and was like looking at the shirts. And did you see the bisexual finger guns I shirt did. that they have? I did. I came so close <laughs> to buying it because I feel like I walked the line of like, am I asexual? Am I bisexual? Mm-hmm. Why not both? And I do finger guns. So. Por K no Porque
0: Nolostos. Is it Nolostos? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Porque yeah. Nolostos. Why not yeah. both?
1: Anyway, um, I feel like I, I ended up not
0: buying anything. So <laughs> as a person who is merely an ally and is not a member of the, like that of the community, mm-hmm. I feel like those two don't always have to be mutually exclusive.
1: I think yeah. Um, I think that asexuality as a spectrum can kind of exist alongside any other sexuality. Fair, fair. Because it's not so much about who you're attracted to, it's how much you're yeah. attracted yeah. to anyone. So you could be... I think that's when you get into, like, romantic orientations. and
0: That's that's a whole other ballgame. That's game.
1: very, like, Tumblr 2015, and I just can't go back there <laughs> in my mind. I just can't do it. Um, I don't want to have a discourse can. about is it homophobic to consider yourself bi-romantic but only homosexual? I, I, I don't know. And I don't want to know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs>
0: Listen, our intersectional identities are extremely complex and complex. We just need to accept that. Yeah. So, Yeah. But happy pride everybody. Yes,
1: happy pride all that to say. <laughs> happy pride.
0: We love you. And we, we hope do. you are living your authentic life.
1: Yeah. And most importantly, God loves you. Yeah. I would also before we get into this topic uh want to say um We finished doing our giveaway. Yeah. Um, First of all, thank you to everyone who has bought stickers because we've had quite a few of those. Um, You guys are awesome. And we did pick a giveaway winner and it is uh, Melody. And she's super sweet. So shout out to Melody. I'm very excited that you will have some stickers um, with you all the way in Texas. So, um, Hey Melody. It's halfway across the country. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. uh it's good to know that uh, you're a person who is out there, uh listening. I, we, yes. When Sarah told me about the, the the contest winner, I was like, oh, that's weird. There's actually humans <laughs> listening to this thing. Yeah, in
1: different places that don't know us. Yeah, have yeah. never met us. And you know they say um, the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas.
0: Isn't there and- a clapping thing after that? Isn't there? I don't know. Catherine's going to kill us. We need to call Catherine. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's June. It's Pride. We have pot- mm-hmm. We have contest winners. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this past Sunday was Pentecost.
1: Yeah, growing up, I think we just like mentioned that it was Pentecost, and that was kind of it.
0: We um, had very little sense of the liturgical calendar. <laughs> oh
1: well, yeah. Baptists. Uh, no.
0: No. <laughs>
1: no. Nah. Um. I'm sorry that I'm crossing my fingers because that I, I know that means thinking, you've got something I do have something to say um I uh was thinking I was like haven't we talked about Pentecost on the podcast before we have, we have. because our one year potiversary is the 11th oh hey so that will be the day after this episode comes out That's on a
0: Saturday. How so? We've been doing it for a year. A whole year. We have a whole year of podcasting. Oh my goodness! I feel like I should have gotten you a gift. Well, you still have four days. So I'll order you pizza or something. On the eleventh, yeah. (laughs) Just knock on your door.
1: Where's my gift? (laughs) It's Christmas. Where's my present? Slick. Uh, oh bad. no um yeah we'll have to i don't know we'll have to do something yeah maybe yeah
0: we'll think about it um any um any highlights from uh your your past week or from your pentecost sunday um i skipped church so fair fair
1: no <laughs> i kind of forgot it was pentecost um
0: <laughs> your tongue of fire was mere ember <laughs>
1: mere ember a mere smoky you know when you try to start a, f- a fire and you have like kindling and then it just whoosh, blows out that was my tongue
0: <laughs> not even close um i always yeah, pictured I the tongues of fire mm-hmm. as like actual like i always pictured it like they were sticking out their tongues and their mm-hmm. tongues were like s- like a, a flame Mm-hmm. Like I never thought about it as like, you know, flame licks. It's like a, it's like a tongue of fire. Yes, I always thought yes. about it as like.
1: <laughs> I guess I always did too. I'm now realizing that I'm that's just, not... now. <laughs> just now, just <laughs> now, I am just now. Never I thought about Is it that, that hard.
0: Well, because there was the whole thing about speaking in different tongues in different languages. Yes, and so I always just pictured like people standing around being like, Bleh the fire on my tongue." <laughs>
1: And now I speak French. It's a miracle.
0: Ian <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> what is tongue in French? I don't even remember. It's probably tongue. I don't know. I it completely interrupted your thoughts on your, your last week or so.
1: I don't know. I feel like it's also important to acknowledge that it has been a hard couple of weeks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as far as world events and... Um, <clears throat> shootings
0: and just every day something new it seems Mm -hmm. yeah but not new at all i had a weird
1: experience maybe it was the day after the shooting in texas and uh i went to mcdonald's for lunch and i had to go inside and there was a guy that kind of like followed me in and he was one of those people that just like talks to strangers and i'm like i don't know you but i'm not gonna be rude so we were, we were like standing up waiting for our food. And so he starts saying like, man, have you heard all the stuff that's happening? Like, you know, around the world, it's just crazy. And I was like, yeah, it sure is. I know. But anyway, he ended up being very nice and he was like, said something, you know, just about racism, but he was like, but I tell, you know, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be worried, you know, sitting here next to you. I wouldn't, and I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thank you i'm gonna get my food and i'm gonna leave now (laughs) i think that just means you're very non-threatening and kind Uh, it yes but also i'm like i don't uh, you are still a stranger and i don't really want to sit next to you and eat lunch so i will be going back to my
0: office now (laughs) um it kind of so makes it feel like you're about to be just like my mom tells me not to talk to strangers (laughs) just
1: walk away i'm sorry i gotta go i got my mcdonald's but now i gotta go back to my mom's (laughs) car she said i could play in the play place but um (laughs) i I don't think it's open because the door's locked but i tried to go in last time i was in the play place um i sneezed everywhere and this kid next to me got really mad because he slipped in the in the snot (sighs) anyway we've gotten extremely off topic.
0: (laughs) you know the spare change has rolled deep into Mm -hmm, the couch mm -hmm. at this point yeah Yeah. I mean, we are really, really digging for that McDonald's Mm -hmm. money. (laughs) And we do not have enough for chicken nuggets.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. God, Oh,
0: God. Truly a loss to the comedy world when that guy didn't join TikTok.
1: Yeah. A.S.P.
0: Nao, if you're out there... Golden, you yeah, miss you. <laughs> yeah. I'm missing. Him and Jenna Marbles. Those those are the people I miss
1: more than certain dead relatives, <laughs> to be honest. It's a, <laughs> <only scared>. <laughs> a little scary. Only distant relatives. A little scary because I know the people who are dead in your family. <laughs> That's true. There's a lot of them. So, um, yeah. Well, it's got dark. Let's talk
0: about missions. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh, yes. So speaking of Pentecost, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's no smooth transition. There's <laughs> no way it's not going to happen. That's okay. And so let's talk about Pentecost in the church. Yes, missions. Let's talk about it. Helping people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to be honest. I don't know where it came into my ether in the last couple of days, but somebody somewhere. It may have been the reverend that spoke at, um, uh, my church this weekend. It may not have been, I don't know, put a lot of emphasis on how Jesus talks about the poor and the marginalized and, um, kind of put a lot of emphasis on, well, he specifically says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek. And it's not the sense of like, oh, poor them, bless their hearts. It's like, no, they get, they have knowledge of value um, because of their situation and like they're, they're, they are truly blessed. Mm -hmm. I do know that this week um, uh, in church, uh, the Reverend did say in in his sermon, he was talking about a theologian whose name I forget who emphasized that Jesus never said, worship me, but he did he did say, follow me. And so he was like mm-hmm. using that as a way to say, like, there are things that we should be doing, um, that we don't. And there are things that we were never told to do that. We uphold as this mm. specific thing that we do in church and in That's Christian a life. Good point. Yeah. Um, and so I got, you know, the wheels were spinning. I was going to talk about a different topic, and I was like researching on the topic and it just wasn't like, like this. I kept coming back to these other ideas. And I landed on this article from Surprise Christianity Today that I that surprisingly didn't hate um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by Jennifer Holmes Curran or Curran. Um, she's a co-pastor of a small rural church, or she was the co-pastor of a small rural church. She now is at a different church, um, but she and her husband co-pastored. And she wrote this article called, When Being Helped Hurts, My Experience on the Receiving End of a Mission Trip Taught Me You, Can, you Can't Force Love on a Community. Um, and it just got my noodle going. You know, as my noodle does.
1: You got your noodle noodling? It was
0: noodling. By the way, noodling, a banned word at my husband's workplace. They're not allowed <laughs> to say noodling anymore because it got overused.
1: We have a couple of words that I would love to ban <laughs> at my workplace. but
0: Well, I'm going to start using noodling in the workplace myself, and we're going to yep. see how long until it gets banned.
1: <laughs> Just get everyone on the on the same page as you yes yes
0: yep but anyway uh so this article was talking about um a time in which a large a larger church community had some youths um that were in the area of this small rural church um and they wanted they were in the area for camp you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they wanted to send some of them to come and do some projects as a small church as like a mission outreach as kind of like a let's lend a hand where we can kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the article, uh, Jennifer Holmes Current she talks about like some of the things that they promised that they were going to do, like they were going to paint and they mm-hmm. were going to put in some glass doors and they were going to build a patio um, and they were going to put in some new patio chairs and the leadership of the church, like, talked with the leadership of the other church, and, like, some numbers were thrown around, and it was, like, all crazy to her. And, like, their church wasn't destitute, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, like, a wealthy church. They were doing okay, but there was just some things that needed to be done. That was nice to have somebody to come in and lend a hand to help with. Right. But the thing was, is she suddenly was... Put in this situation she'd never been put in before, where suddenly she was on the receiving end of help, and these middle and high schoolers were coming in as part of their mission trip, kind of Mm -hmm. you know their mission that they were doing, not a trip, but you know, and they were like doing things, but they were kind of making more of a mess than actually helping. So Mm -hmm. like, they were dripping. They there was like. No talk of drop cloths when they were coming to paint and they were dripping Mm -hmm. paint in the carpet and like her, she and her husband would go around and they're like trying to get the stains out of the carpet and like still nobody said anything about drop cloths. And she's there going, when you're on the, she says, when you're on the receiving end of help, it's hard to correct the helper. You don't want to appear ungrateful right so they were having a really hard time like navigating this space of like yeah i know you're here to help and like i really i get that but like mm, this table you're not helping right (laughs) this table in the foyer is now uh ruined because of the Mm -hmm. paint on it and it's not a nice table but it's ours she talked about this specific table that was like it's not a it's it's a little bit rickety but it's our table you know Mm -hmm. um And it just really struck me the way that she was talking about it. Like they, they did, um, they left some screws sticking out of things. There was like some bad carpentry jobs that had to be then, somebody had to come in and fix them. Um, the patio that they built was like a gravel patio. Mm -hmm. And so like most of their elderly and disabled congregation couldn't use it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They never put in the glass doors. They never brought the patio chairs. They, they, they insisted that the church needed a basketball goal. The church doesn't need a basketball goal and it's never been used. Um, And she said, the thing that really hit me was she said, we felt injured because their service did not feel like love. Love requires intimacy and knowing, but this felt like we were only a means to their ends. We could have been any church, any group of quote-unquote needy people anywhere, and their behavior would have been the same. We became the faceless object of their service, used to teach their children to drum up some good religious feelings in them to bring them closer to Jesus. So basically, they felt unseen. They were, I mean, like, they, they, they basically were an opportunity for the giver not the receiver right and right. so i got to thinking a lot about like missions and how we look at missions because it's summer it's like that it's that time when everybody's like am oh, i gonna go on our summer summer mission trip mm-hmm. we're gonna help all the needy people mm-hmm. and you really just don't <sighs> take a second to think about like what that person actually needs or if they need anything and, mm-hmm. and you know too it's also um pamphlet season uh, in my neighborhood, oh, gosh. I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of rental housing and, um, probably I, and I say this only because I say this from a place of having family that has been on section eight, um, for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of people in my neighborhood who are on section eight, uh, mm-hmm. which is a housing assistance program. There's, um, you know, that's just in my neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. We have an ice center that's like right near us. We have really vibrant, you know, community. There's a lot of kids in my neighborhood. Um, There's, you know, a lot of really friendly people we talk to when we go on walks and stuff. We've met people's dogs. We've, you know, made friends with a few people in the neighborhood. So like, I love my neighborhood, but other parts of town, look at my neighborhood and they go, ah, these poor unchurched needy people. Um, we have to go and serve them. And so this Mm -hmm. is the season in which we get church pamphlets in our storm door constantly. Um, and every time it's from somebody across town. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know that it's, it's a church going, we need to reach out to the most needy neighborhoods, um, by giving them this tiny pamphlet to a church that they're not going to trek to on Sunday morning. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we should make them pay $4 a gallon for gas to
0: get all the way across town
1: to come to our church, the best church. Yeah.
0: We're not going to take time to get to know the people in this area and, you know, have a community event or, you know, just say hi. We're just going to leave a pamphlet in their door.
1: Yeah. 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 Um It's very interesting to me, the correlation between the way that churches think about poverty mm-hmm. and unchurched, quote-unquote, yeah. demographics. The, they have nothing to do with each other. They sure don't. <laughs> that is one thing that I appreciate about the church that I grew up in, is that they do have a lot of like outreach programs. They have a huge... Uh, soup kitchen and food pantry. I don't want to say huge. They just serve a lot of people, um, and they have a clothing ministry. But they are literally in the community that they serve, and the people in that community, some of them come to church there. Mm-hmm. So like they they feel led to help that community because they are a part of right. that community, and they understand them. And people in the community trust them. If another mega church. Un- unnamed take your pick there's a, couple <laughs> yeah, there's a few from other parts of town decided that they wanted to minister to people in the neighborhood they would be like uh uh-uh, get out mm-hmm. we don't know you yeah <laughs> what yeah. do you want with us like <clears throat> and i think too it's the um we've talked before about like helping people and expecting nothing in return like you shouldn't um like we've cuz I know we've talked about it in my work that at a, as a food bank you can't make people sit through a religious service mm-hmm. to get food mm-hmm. cuz that's weird and it's <laughs> holding food hostage <laughs> yeah. for a religious service um but I think it's the same kind of attitude of like you should be willing to help people whether or not they come to your church it 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 doesn't have to be a membership grab mm-hmm. you can just help people in your like everyday life yeah And just be a generous person. And it has nothing to do with trying to get them to come to your church or your religion or your whatever. Just help them. Just help them.
0: It's almost like there's kind of a. Well, it's like it's like a bait and switch really is a lot of times Mm -hmm. what some of the quote unquote service activities that churches do end up being where it's like. Um, we're we're out here because we really care about you and your community. When the reality is, it's like no, we need you to come to us, and that's yeah. why we're coming to you, mm-hmm. because we want you to to come over here. Yeah, um, it's not just because we want to serve this community and and let it be what it needs to be for itself, mm-hmm. but we're gonna we want you. To, it's almost <laughs> I don't want to say this, but it's like come to the dark side, you know. Well- <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Well, I wonder, too, like some of these churches that I'm thinking of, if they actually had someone who was from a lower socioeconomic neighborhood who didn't have nice clothes and maybe, you know... I don't know, didn't have the like cleanest lifestyle or a nice car or whatever. Like how long if that person did come to their church, how long would they accept that person without expecting them to change?
0: Yeah. And assimilate yeah. to their church. Yeah.
1: Cuz I feel like it's it's like a um like a pet project for some people mm-hmm. and it's like an inspiring story and yeah. oh, this poor man, he ha- he didn't even have money to buy gas to put in his car and now because our church is so generous we have now paid him all this money and look at him he can buy nice clothes now mm-hmm. and he you know <laughs> he's not hooked on drugs anymore because you, you know and it's just to make you look good yeah
0: the story it's like the story of that person it doesn't become a story about them. It becomes a narrative, a, a, ca- a cautionary tale or a didactic tale mm. for the person who's, you know, the white savior. I don't want to say white, sa- yes, not necessarily but- white, but the savior that comes in yeah. and um lifts them from the mire. And is like, you know, it's a story about them and about their faith and not about the person that it should have been about. Exactly. And that's the thing that... Um, uh, Jennifer Holmes Curran was saying in this article, she, she hearkened back to theologian Gustavo Gutierrez. Um, and she said, he challenges us by saying, so you say you love the poor, name them. And then she says, a name is a good place to start a meal is better and a life together is even better than that real love requires knowing listening understanding it cannot be foisted upon people from a distance and she talks about the people who in during this time of like botched middle school missions in her church the people who actually made a difference were people who returned she talked talked about a girl who mm. did who who while everybody was working she decided to come and give childcare for people in the community. She just watched their kids. And then she ended up, you know, becoming Facebook friends with some of them and checking in uh, Mm -hmm. over the years and, like, continued that relationship. There was an engineer who um, worked with the kids who came back and checked on things and fixed some things and, like, also became friends with them and checked in with the members of the community. People who, like, returned and maintained contact and who did things that were needed. Um, Or people who just she said would well, just sit with them and have a willingness to like spend time mm-hmm. with them. Those were the people who actually helped and who, mm-hmm. whose, whose love was seen yeah. versus people who just came in got the job done and left. So, yeah, I think about mission trips. I've been a part of <laughs> in the past.
1: How, okay. I, cause I really never went on mission trips. Like growing up, we didn't, i i mean i i think actually the northern ireland trip is like the only mission trip Mm -hmm. i've been on Mm -hmm. um and i think that which i don't know if we want to talk more about this later but um and maybe i'm biased because i went on this
0: trip i mean we can talk about northern i was going to talk about northern ireland so
1: yeah okay um because I know we're sitting here talking about like the the bad parts of mission trips. I do feel like that was a, a little bit of a unique experience because we were kind of invited into this um this church. They mm-hmm. request I don't know that I don't know how it worked,
0: but We were through World Gospel Mission, weren't we?
1: Yes. World yeah. Gospel
0: Mission will coordinate things like that. So they they will actually and I looked this up today. So okay. they will actually find So, basically, like, you tell them about your group, the people around you, and the people that are going to go, and unfortunately, like, (laughs) it sounds like a menu that you choose from. So, like, their short-term service missions... I literally had it open in my phone. (laughs) Um, Basically, it says... If you're willing to expand your worldview in a place where God is working, consider organizing a short-term missions team. Whether it is your church, your school, your friends, or your family who are ready to serve in missions, we want to help you connect with what God is doing around the world through the ministries of WGM. Nothing, Nothing wrong with that. And then it goes on to say, team trips can be customized to suit your group's specific interests and skills. We'll connect your team with one of our global workers around the world to learn about what God is doing in that location and how your team can be a part of it. Um, And then it goes on to say things like, like, what do teams do? We try to give each team a combination of work and ministry, global worker on the ministry, global worker on the ministry location, the global worker this typo these mm-hmm. the global worker on the ministry location determines what ministry the team will have according to the makeup of the team and the needs of the ministry location. Ministries you may be involved in include construction maintenance vacation Bible school programs, kids clubs, medical and dental outreach and more. So gotcha. the churches connect and do say hey this would be great if we could do this or that and then WGM goes and they like they have an organizer who says okay, I got a group of, like, college students who none of them seem like they really have any carpentry skills. Let's have (laughs) them run a VBS yeah, at this church over here that's asking for it. So they do make connections. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the way that it's presented feels very, like, it feels giver- oriented rather than Mm. recipient oriented
1: right right um and i think too the fact that like when i think of a mission trip i think of like building houses in haiti or Mm. you know things like that um or you know starting an orphanage in a remote village like very i don't know stereotypical things so i guess to me like a vbs They could have had college students from Northern Ireland do their BBS. Like, there was nothing special about us or that we thought was special.
0: I think it was just maybe like... Maybe only the novelty for the kids. Yes, yeah. Of, oh, I, come yeah. hang out with these Americans. Exactly, exactly. Because they were excited about it. They were very excited. They asked um, us if we knew Beyonce. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think someone asked me if I knew... Um, They asked me, maybe it was Beyonce, and I said, no, do you know the members of One Direction? And they were like, no, and looked at me
0: like, why would you ask me that? I'm
1: like, it's the same thing, babe. Well, also,
0: like, do I look like I know Beyonce?
1: (laughs) If I knew Beyonce, I would not be here, friend. Like, (laughs) I hate to tell you.
0: Yeah. Um. No, I I think as far as, like, community outreach goes, VBS, to me, feels the most harmless. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Because it's basically, it's child care. It's basically child yeah, care for kids, a couple hours.
1: Those kids worked us. <sighs> Stuart.
0: It was right. I still
1: remember Stewart. <laughs> Stewart's probably well into high school or college now. Gosh. So that's been that been little ten years ago.
0: That was oh. a decade ago, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <clears throat> that little Ooh. I loved Stuart, but dang. <laughs> I see. I hopped on the team super late. Um uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> Let's be fair. I hopped on the team super late because I didn't have my missions requirement done for graduation, and I hopped on the team, and they didn't really have a job for me. (laughs) So I'm going to be honest. I don't remember a whole lot about the VBS part of it. I remember playing cards in the church uh, fellowship hall and being told to stop playing cards because they were a denomination that does not play cards. Well, um, they didn't even tell us to stop playing cards. They
1: just took the cards when we weren't yeah, there. Yeah,
0: um, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. Eat, I remember all the meals because it's me. I remember the food.
1: <laughs> yes, um, but that was what something. Was Pastor Albert's wife's
0: name, Rhoda. Rhoda. Oh man, she was Rhoda great. Oh, she was a food. cook and a half too. Uh huh. Yeah. But. I think, I think the things that I remember from that trip, I feel guilty about because what I remember is more of the touristy part of the trip. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of the service.
1: I didn't really go into that mission trip with the attitude of like, I am a servant of the Mm -hmm. Lord and I am going to influence these children for Jesus. And I am just going to give back to this community. It was like, oh, I get to go to Northern Ireland sweet for a week and also we're gonna help these kids out as like a price of going <laughs> not a price but like no we're but on really. our trip and i mean the the vbs and working with like the church and stuff was also a really cool part of the experience i loved all those people um margaret who i lived with was a hoot and a half mm. and was up so late all the time had food ready for me and the girl that i stayed with doris Uh, had tea
0: literally we would come in at midnight yeah and she would be up watching bonanza on her her living room tv and she would go oh i'll make some tea and i'm like doris i gotta be up at five yeah i don't bed no she wanted to sit and have tea and she wanted us to tell us tell her about our day yeah very sweet sweet doris she was
1: great she got I think Margaret was first. 91 when we were there. <sighs> oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure she was old. <laughs> I, but she was the best.
0: I do not know how old Doris was, but she looked older than Margaret. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but anyway. it's funny that you say that about the cost, like the price yeah. of going. Because I found this blog on Share Faith Magazine. I don't know what this blog is. But it came up, and it was an interesting read. It was Five Reasons Your Short-Term Mission Trip Might Do More Harm Than Good by Daniel mm-hmm. Thraful Threlfall? Threlfall. I don't know. Anyway, one of the reasons um, was... Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? One of the reasons was a bewildering... He says, a bewildering financial value system... And he says, many churches take mission trips to third world cultures. We Westerners have a lot of money. They don't. Thus we spend, which, you know, we're talking about us going to Northern Ireland, which is like. A Western country so it's a little mm-hmm. bit different but it says thus we spend money to visit them and provide something for them spiritual material provision the very fact of our doing so sends a message let's say 10 teens spend $2,000 each to go to Mexico for two weeks the trip costs to those round numbers $20,000 thus it costs $1,428 per day for the team to stay in Mexico What are they doing? Perhaps hosting VBS, painting a church building, or distributing literature on busy street corners. The Mexican believers aren't ignorant of these costs. They aren't ignorant of the fact that they themselves could paint the building or give tracts to others. They have some idea of how much an airplane ticket is, how much Columbia hiking boots, boots cost, the price of an Osprey, Osprey backpack, and the sticker price of an iPhone that's used for taking pictures or playing Flappy Bird. Perhaps these Mexicans are living on $4 a day. What does the cost of this trip say to the people? What messages does it send regarding our financial values compared to theirs? What does it say about the value of their own labor if they were to do the work of building a church or running a VBS? How could this trip impact their view of American Christians? It's impossible to say exactly, but how often do we go into a country without even thinking of the impact that the trip itself will have, regardless of the individual interaction with the indi- with, regardless of the individual interaction with the individuals that are there? Mm. Which I thought was interesting because I didn't think about that as far as like a person who's on the receiving end going, gosh, these people really shelled out a lot of dough to come over here and do a mediocre job. Whereas we could have done probably a little bit better than their mediocre job and spent less money. What does it Mm -hmm. mean about the money that they spent and why they came over here and all that stuff,
1: you know? Right. And wouldn't everyone just be served better if you just took the money that you spent to get down there and just donate it to a local cause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's a very good point. I had not thought about that. It's yeah. it's definitely an aspect that I hadn't hadn't really thought of. VBS yeah. though. I mean, yeah, I think I think I don't know about like flying that far <laughs> to go put on mm-hmm. a VBS But I think the VBS itself, it's a a good thing. Yeah. It's a good way to connect with your own community. Right. I
1: think uh, the kids had a good time. Uh, They enjoyed having Americans around.
0: Yeah. We talked about the armor
1: of God. We did talk about the armor of God.
0: We gave them all. Didn't we give them all toy swords?
1: Well, they were cardboard and aluminum foil. And then they just went around hitting each yeah, other. Yeah, that, that was which a we knew. Step. <laughs> Yeah, We knew that was going to happen. Um, we taught them about David and Goliath. Yeah. And when Lisa asked what Goliath, I mean, what David did to Goliath, Stuart stood up and screamed. He hit him in the ball. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> Stuart. Stuart. Um, and then we but also subjected them to, like, a very different form of Sunday worship than they were used to. Yes. Um, which was probably unnecessary. Yeah. Maybe a little bit traumatizing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, just a very old school conservative church. And we were like, we're going to move the pews and have <laughs> contemporary music. We're going to play a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, On the note of VBS though. Yeah. I want to pause for some spare change. Yes. uh, If we could. Do you remember any of the VBS themes that you attended (sighs) as a child?
1: Let me think. Um. Oh, no. I feel like there was a safari one. Oh, for sure. Um. What was another one? Maybe like an underwater kind of theme. Always. Um, We didn't have any, I don't remember any like super specific, like branded. Um, I'm sure they had them and I probably just didn't go to it. Um, (laughs) Probably, I I don't think there was anything too crazy though.
0: No, I mean like there's always um, some kind of tropical ocean Mm -hmm. theme. Yeah. Um, because it's vacation Bible school. You got to feel like you're on vacation. On vacation. Um, I'm trying to find like an archive of old VBS th- themes. Um, there was usually one about like camping. Oh yeah, yeah. There's always a camping one. There's always a safari. Um. I do remember. Oh my gosh, this is just now coming back to me. We had one that was London themed. Okay. Um, That was that was really fun. Uh, I remember that one. Um, There was like they made like a phone booth and like it was very like kitschy London.
1: Yeah, that's cute though. It was
0: really cute. Um, I the the thing is, is that like. There's all kinds of great VBS um, like themes out there. What do you remember most from VBS though? Oh, um, like as, if you could think of like a day of VBS, yeah. what do you remember the most? Well,
1: for some reason, this is not, I, I have two things that I would say. First of all, um, I distinctly remember doing um, the three pledges Oh, yes, that's true. That's the pledge true. to the American flag, yeah. the pledge to the Christian flag, and then the pledge to the Bible. Um, I pledge allegiance
0: to the Bible, God's holy word. May I will be make a, it a lamp, a lamp unto my, unto my feed, feet, a light, a light unto my, my path, path.
1: <laughs> and I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Yes. <laughs> I did have that over here on a screen, I did not. I did not remember that. Um... Uh, and then other than that, probably, like, the games, that, like, the outdoor time that we would get to go run around and, like, throw water balloons at each other or do some, you know,
0: play Red Robin. Well, I was wrong. I thought you were like me in that the things that I remember the most were crafts and snacks. Okay. <laughs> I, I do remember snacks. Snacks yes. and crafts. That was it. Yes. I don't I remember maybe a song, somewhere in there, Mm -mm. but I remember the strawberry wafer cookies. Oh my yes! Or the generic Oreos that were um, they were they were the generic brand Oreos, but they were vanilla on one side and chocolate on the other. I cannot.
1: We had the same experience yeah. we had the same snacks and I, those were the two things i was thinking
0: and it get they give it to you on a napkin and you have a little plastic cup for your kool-aid that's mm-hmm. never big enough no um and yeah that's your snack It's like two cookies mm-hmm. yeah and then crafts where you inevitably um Ended up making, like, vaguely the same craft every night. Yeah. (laughs) I do remember making, like, jellyfish out of, like, cups and string uh, at one point.
1: I remember some, like, popsicle stick kind of crafts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that was where I think the day, like, focused for me because that was when I got to, like, talk to people around me Mm -hmm. and, like... What am I talking about? Me talk about people around, talk to people around me. I probably you didn't social? do that. I probably didn't do that. I probably talked to you like my talk. grandmother <laughs> who was serving the cookies. Yeah. Um. No, but it was like the chance to like kind of get to know the space mm-hmm. of the church. So, mm-hmm. Something about meals, man. I will always come back to meals. Yes. But so I feel like some of the themes get a little bit over the top because like nobody's going to remember that you had a... Space Quest-themed VBS or, you know, whatever. Arctic
1: Adventure.
0: Arctic Adventure, yeah. There's... It's always, like, around, like, something that's got interesting animals. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. LifeWay VBS themes. Hang on. Oh. Here we go. Arctic Edge. I do remember that one. Okay. Ocean Odyssey. I do remember that one. Uh... See, it was funny because we... Oh, that's it. The Kingdom Caper. That was the British one. The Kingdom okay. Caper. And it was like a Sherlock Holmes oh. like mystery. There was a mystery that built over the whole course of the week. Yeah. Um, and I was very into it. That's yeah. the only theme that I actually like. It was not over the top. It was my jam. It was the closest I was ever going to get my church to say Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, like, very <laughs> true <it was> very
0: <laughs> true it was the only one um but i'm gonna be honest with you all day today i've been trying to find weird vbs themes mm-hmm. can't find one i, I can't i can't find weird ones they're all cool <laughs> i mean well
1: i i think i was telling you this the other day a church that's nearby me is doing like a nickelodeon theme yeah VBS. yeah and i was like what the- i would have i would have loved that as a kid yeah i was
0: obsessed with nickelodeon i mean like some of them can get kind of cheesy yeah but they're not like weird they're not like that church in winnipeg that's like doing the lion king easter services (laughs) it's it's things like this one i just found is maker's fun factory created by god built for purpose that's not bad (laughs) no um Gospel Lights Sun Spark Labs, Sun S O N, Sun Spark Labs. Uh-huh. So like a like science themed one, yeah. which is interesting. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> uh Zoomerang, Returning to the Value of Life. And it's it's Australian Outback themed. Yeah. There's surprisingly a lot of Australian Outback themed um uh, uh VBS themes um shipwrecked Mm. we did shipwrecked okay that one that was a little lame saddle ridge ranch rounding up (laughs) oh oh we found it (laughs) rounding up questions driving home answers oh my god (laughs) lifeways saddle ridge ranch
1: oh gosh Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: Oh, here's, here's, here's my, my VBS theme of choice. Okay. Food truck party on a roll with God. (laughs) Stop it. It's just a chance to invite a food truck to your church. That's all it is. And I'm here for it. (laughs) On a roll with God.
1: Yeah. It's like the whole, the whole time is snack time. Yeah. It's one
0: big snack time. Uh, Here's one. This one is Knights of North Castle. I don't know what... Ooh, uh, like a medieval? Quest for the king's armor. It's probably the armor of God. Armor of God. But yeah. <laughs> it's um, but it's got a, like a dragon as Ooh. like a little dragon as part of the logo. Here's the thing. My church would have never done that because fantasy. Nope, we don't do that. Can't do fantasy? We don't do fantasies. Dragons? <laughs> no, dragon is the beast. No, we don't do it. Oh, <laughs> you're right. You're no. right. That's apocalyptic. <sighs> but yeah. VBS, I think, is, like, the most harmless mission that a church can do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, I just saw. Oh, no, what? Camp out. Getting more of Jesus. Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye. I have to go.
0: (laughs) Oh, but, you know, like, a little kid, they're gonna love that. They love, you know, they love the the decorations and the cheesy stuff and the the crafts. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was saying earlier is like, it's a really great way to get connected to your, to your community and, and serve your own community through like childcare and teaching your Mm -hmm. children. I, I still feel weird. I don't know. I think it's a good thing to like get people connected to the church. But like my church used to send a bus out Mm -hmm. to the low, not even that local kind of far away to a trailer park Mm -hmm. to pick up kids, to bring them back to the church to do VBS, which I don't think Mm -hmm. is inherently bad. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. It just felt like that same thing where it's like, let's drive across town to find these children who are needy and they need us instead of going across town and doing something that they actually needed. Yeah,
1: I I just on the note of like community, I I wish that instead of I don't want to say there should never be international mission trips cuz again, you know, I think it depends on the situation. But it if you genuinely have a heart for service, then I feel like you shouldn't be that picky. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, you have a local soup kitchen or a local animal shelter. Yeah. A local hope center that I'm sure could use your help and would really need it. And that's that's where you're needed. Yeah. You know, you're not needed for a week to build a house in Puerto Rico and, or wherever.
0: And, yeah. And it's it's... It's about like what it's what do they need. What is exactly. it that they actually have have need for? Like, I mean, I think about I've taken classes about um cross cultural study and education and you think about kind of the life as an ethnographer. Ethnography mm-hmm. is a form of research that you can do as um I don't want to get this wrong. Kind of as kind of like an anthropologist where you're going out there and ethnographers, they do, um, shoot, qualitative. They do qualitative studies um, where they actually get they they live in the communities of people that they're studying. They get to know the culture. Mm-hmm. They get to know the people. They become a part of that community fully, well as full as they can, um, mm-hmm. because there's some things that you'll never understand because you didn't grow up in that community, right? Um, and a lot of times that I think of what they do, their service, quote unquote, not that they're a religious, you know, situation of any kind, but their service is um, telling a story that gets to be seen, like showing a people group and showing people authentically because they have mm-hmm. t- they've taken the time they've they've made the commitment
1: mm-hmm. they
0: know these people they understand them rather than going to a community deciding what that community needs to make it more like your own community and um giving them something that they don't need at all right right yeah. well i think this I think this is a good opportunity um, for us to kind of take a pause and take a quick break. Yes. Um, but we will uh, come back and we will talk a little bit more about some of the spaces in which um, churches offer their help it, where it is definitely not wanted um, <laughs> and definitely not needed and in places where... Service. I have a couple examples of places where service may not necessarily be oriented the same way we're talking about here, but shows a really good example of how we should uh, uh, serve. So we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. <laughs> welcome back welcome back here we are i let my dog out and now i'm back he has (laughs) a dog had
1: a bathroom break i had a bathroom (laughs) break
0: it was good for everyone yeah he has a built it's raining and he has a built-in umbrella because uh he has a cone cone of shame (laughs) so that he doesn't lick his sutures he he was that
1: you he disappeared
0: i can't we can't trust him at all at any point in time, we've tried just keeping an eye on him. Mm-hmm. Nope, doesn't work. We have two children in the house. It doesn't work. So he has to wear the cone all the time. Poor thing. And was that
1: you I told the other day about when I went and uh, let him out that he just sat perfectly still while yes. I put his cone back on?
0: <laughs> he was so perfect. He's not that way. No Perfect dog. He's only that way for other people. No. He, um, in the middle of the night he will turn around in his bed and his bed is up against the wall. And so he decides to face the wall when he's turning around Mm -hmm. and he will literally just like scrape his head all up and it wakes us up every time. It's his revenge. Poor thing. Yeah. He's mad. He knows. It's okay. We're only saving you from cancer. Yeah. No worries. Hero. No big. (laughs) get that pathology report back tomorrow. <laughs> oh man, I hope it's good. <laughs> Me too. Anyway, anyway. Um so we're talking about uh really I want to talk about like what are the good what are the good ways to do mission, whether it's short-term missions overseas or local or long-term missions or well, we're not really talking about long-term missions. Yeah. Um, or just service. You know, service uh, activities that churches do. How to mission responsibly. Right. And it was timely that we talked about this now for many reasons. But one of the reasons is because it is June. It is Pride Month. um, And you see a lot of... I think it's... I think it's very trendy right now Mm -hmm. for churches... To go to pride events and say, uh, "God loves you. We're sorry for the way that church churches have treated you," and yeah. then to like uh, flip the switch and basically be like, "We love you. God loves you, and God can make you better. Yeah, He can heal God- you of this sin that you have. Affliction. Yeah,
1: this struggle."
0: Um, and I, I actually was reading this article on Religion Dispatches by Chrissy, uh, Chrissy Stroop, and it's called A Note to Churches During Pride, If You're Not LGBTQ Affirming, Keep Your Water. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that title and I was like, click, yep. gonna mm-hmm. read this. And it was actually a really, um, a really great read. It wasn't directly like totally directly on point with what we're talking about here but some of it really resonated um where she was talking about um basically that that service without understanding like we were talking about that to love someone is to get to know them um and that service without understanding means kind of lying about what you're about and she said in the article that really honestly during pride, she doesn't even worry about the crazy street preachers Mm -hmm. because they're at least honest about who they are. Um, it's the ones who do the bait and switch. She says these efforts amount to deliberately deceptive bait and switch tactics and they center anti LGBTQ Christians feelings over the feelings, health and welfare of LGBTQ folks um which is is really what Jennifer Holmes Coran was talking about when she said that basically um you have to um you have to you have to um focus on the she said you have to focus on those being served not the feelings of your volunteers yes and so Uh, what Chrissy Stroop talks about in this article is basically like you're more concerned with the hurt ego of your church than the people out there who may need a reminder that God loves them exactly how they are and values them how they are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the article goes on to talk a lot more about why this approach has happened in um, the recent years in terms of like, church is getting a lot of heat for not being affirming and so then they kind of had to change their tactics to seem like they were affirming Mm -hmm. um specifically in lgbtq plus spaces um as non-affirming groups try to seem more like friendly um it's definitely worth a read um it's on religion dispatches if you are so inclined um but i really I really felt that when I was reading it because I've seen a lot of churches say, yeah, we're going to be out at Pride. And I and I stop and I go, your church is going to be out there? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> I remember
1: there was a Facebook group that I was a part of. I don't know if you were, but it was a, a group of, like, young adults here in Lexington. Um, one of the people that was in our college uh, class had told me about it. And uh that that exact same thing happened a year or two ago of people posting being like we're gonna go to the lexington pride and um you know handouts whatever about jesus and i was like you had me in the first half you had Mm -hmm. me going in the first half but i know that that person that posted it is not affirming so i was like "Mm, red flag yeah major red flag
0: it's like that they're actually going hey we're going out. It's it's like in their mind, it's the equivalent, and and I and I say this kind of jokingly, but not really. It's like in their mind, it's the equivalent of being like, we're gonna go to this country where Christianity is illegal, <laughs> and we're gonna preach the gospel yeah. to these people, even underground. That's uh, like that's kind of the attitude sometimes that people take when they go to Pride. Mm-hmm. Is that like they're like, we're gonna go out to Pride and we're gonna hand out water bottles but really we're gonna we're gonna bring people home to Jesus yeah newsflash some of those people for one thing do not want to come home to Jesus mm-hmm. Jesus was never their home mm-hmm. and we need to be respectful and understanding of that mm-hmm. second of all um, there's a lot of people out there they're sitting at home with Jesus already exactly they exactly. are perfectly fine
1: <laughs> uh, I learned this week, a couple days ago, that Marsha P. Johnson, who was like Mm -hmm. the, one of the, do you know, do you know about Mm Marsha Johnson? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Just explaining to our listeners. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Marsha P. Johnson was kind of like the, she's credited for kind of starting the gay liberation movement. Her and Sylvia Rivera, I think was her name. Um, And they were both uh, trans women, women of color. and anyway, I learned that Marsha was like super devoutly Christian and um, people would see her. I guess she was maybe Catholic. There was like a church of St. Veronica or something. I was reading an article about it. I can't remember the whole thing. But um, she was very involved in like community outreach and especially because this was like the height of the AIDS epidemic. And um, so she would go and like help people who were terminally diagnosed or dying um and she credited a lot of that to her like she referred to herself as being married to Jesus mm. and um that kind of that kind of like service yeah. ideal and so I think it's very like just like you said I think a lot of Christians assume that either <laughs> you're one or that you're either gay or in the LGBT plus community, or you're a Christian and there's no in-between. I'm like, I'm here to tell you, there's a whole lot of in-between. Oh, yeah. Oh, Even yeah. just in the past five or so years, I feel like every year I'm more aware of more Christians in the LGBT plus community.
0: And it's, it's, I think the the, the most amazing part about uh, about learning that because i'm in the same space where i'm learning more and more about
1: mm-hmm.
0: members of the christian community who i thought were excluded in all corners it's it's it is like this i i can't describe it's like this this incredibly warming kind of like joyful uh realization when you find out how diverse and how like widespread um it really is in the christian church that like people are accepted Mm -hmm. there is still an incredible amount of non-affirming um grossness yeah however way to go (laughs) yeah however it was like really eye-opening to me who grew up in a place where it was like no this is christian doctrine this is like this is how everyone thinks to then go oh not the case. Yeah. Not the case at all.
1: Yeah. I can remember being, and this is so telling, this is one of those things that you look back on your life and you're like, why didn't I put the pieces together? <laughs> so I remember being like 12 or 13 on the internet, which back then was like, whew, it was it a was wild west of internet. Um, but like Googling, can you be gay and Christian? Mm-hmm. And there was like a website, I think that was like Q Christian something. And I was, like, mind blown as a preteen of being like, oh, my gosh, like, there are people out there yeah. who are both. And it, like, had kind of all the basic, like, Bible verses and, like, different ways of thinking about them. And I was, like, yeah, like, my, just absolutely mind blown. So, yeah. And now I'm, like, maybe I should. I mean, I knew something was up <laughs> with me,
0: I'm saying. <laughs>
1: At an early age, I didn't know what it
0: was. (laughs) No, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really comforting to see that there are people in those spaces who genuinely go to things like pride events and they genuinely just want to hand out water. Like they, they genuinely, genuinely just want to go out and be like, yo, we see you. We want to know you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We want you to know that you're welcome and also stay hydrated. Yeah. Um, they genuinely want to celebrate yeah. people. Yeah, that was, I it, and that was honestly something that like when I when I joined the church that I joined, I was like, this has to be a space where they where they put their money where their mouth is, and when they say all are welcome at God's table, they mean it. <laughs> um. Hmm. So so just a note to our listeners out there. You don't have to take water uh, from the churches at Pride. You do not. Uh, if they seem fishy, uh, tell them to go home or yep. avoid them. Um, yep. They are not, in my opinion, doing the work of Jesus.
1: No. If it seems performative, just cross the street. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't put yourself through it. Don't don't engage in that stuff. That's no no or tell them to go home um (laughs) or tell them to get lost use their scripture against them and yes no no. (laughs) Um, kiss
1: your same gendered friend or partner right in front of their booth
0: (laughs) (laughs) or different gendered
1: or different gender because or
0: ungendered
1: very true All of the
0: above. All of the above. Just kiss
1: someone in front of
0: them. (laughs) Yes. Kiss someone. Kiss two people, you know? They're really not fond of public kissing regardless. So if they're they're of the evangelical persuasion, they're probably not about kissing no matter who you're kissing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, performative. I like that word. I like that you talk about it being performative. And I think that's that is the whole essence of the entire idea here is that like. Um, In that original article, she was saying you can't force love on a community. You can't perform it like you can't Mm -hmm. act it out and it and it be real. You have to actually connect with people in order to get a chance to really love them. Um, And one of or I had two really great examples of people showing love in that way um, that I wanted to talk about. Neither of them have to do with church related missions at all but they're wonderful examples of how to serve people yeah um the first was surprisingly john green um the well-known ya author who uh i absolutely love yeah um his books have been banned a lot because they uh in a lot of evangelical circles and, and and very conservative school systems, they're like, it's obscene. The stuff in his books are obscene because, like, people have sex and there's gay people and, yeah. it, you know. How so,
1: dare he write about real life?
0: So he got on YouTube and he was like, he, he, he did this video called My Religion and My Band Books. Um, and he really was, t- he was not really talking about missions at all. Not at all. But I thought it was really poignant what he was talking about Um, he was talking about stories and writing stories that help us see the humanity in ourselves and how stories can help us understand people who aren't like us um, and how stories that are written in an authentic way can highlight that humanity. Um, But through doing that, he talked about his time working as a chaplain at a children's hospital. And he talked about that, like, you know, people say that his his writing is obscene. He saw obscenity all day long because the yeah. things people were going through were obscene. Yeah. But he said in this video, he said, one of the things I learned as a chaplain is it's not about me and it's definitely not about my beliefs. And he goes on to talk about his job and he said, my job was to listen, to really listen. I was there to hear their pain and acknowledge it. As my supervisor also often told me, don't just do something, stand there. Um, which I thought was, was incredibly mm. Mm. Um, poignant to what we're talking about here is that a lot of times, in order to serve someone the best, what, really what, you're, what you do is you acknowledge them. You stand there. Mm. You listen, you see them, and you allow them a space to be seen and understood rather than going in with this preconceived idea of how to help them yes sometimes people don't most of the time people don't need your help they need your understanding yes because that's the only way you're really going to be able to help so chef's kiss to john green um also it's very interesting to hear him talk about his faith because he doesn't talk about it. He very purposely doesn't talk about it online because he says, because it's the internet and I don't Um, want to, um, understandable.
1: Absolutely get it.
0: Um, but it's, it's very interesting to hear him talk about it in that, in that perspective. Mm -hmm. The other example that, you know, I love so much, uh, uh, a man who I quote almost every day, um, Mm -hmm. Chef Jose Andres, who is just the most beautiful human being there is on the planet. Uh-huh. He's a Spanish chef. He was very famous in the uh, 90s and early aughts when sh- celebrity chefs became a thing. Yeah. Um. He has a documentary up on Disney Plus right now called We Feed People, it's about him and his founding of World Central Kitchen. Um, they provide meals uh, to people in the wake of natural disasters. Um, and so I was watching this documentary because I love him. Um, because one of my favorite <laughs> quotes ever is, um, we build longer tables, not higher walls, or something like that. It's Yes. It's been yep. misconstrued a bunch of different ways, but basically he says, you, you, you build longer tables, not higher walls. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, He talked about why in the the first little bit of the documentary, you watch him deliver meals alongside the rescue workers and alongside the Red Cross. um, And people talk to him and they have no idea who he is or the fact that he owns the company that is doing this right now. Mm -hmm. um, And that he makes zero money from it whatsoever. Um, And he they people will ask like what are you doing here and he's like I'm, I'm feeding people like in the first 10 minutes of the documentary he is on like this amphibious truck rolling through floodwaters with stacks and stacks of aluminum um casserole dishes of meals that they are delivering across these floodwaters um and the water is so deep that their truck actually slips off the road and goes sideways while they're mm. delivering the meals and they have to abandon the meals and the truck they get rescued oh by my a boat gosh. and he basically the whole time they're getting rescued first of all he's smoking a cigar when that ha- they like they write themselves they don't write the truck but they like they make sure everybody's okay and then they yeah. sit there and wait on a rescue boat and he smokes a cigar <laughs> which is like hilarious. you do. Um, but the whole time he's like, no, no, no. Our first key here is safety. We're going to get to safety. If we can't deliver these meals, we will go make more food. Like he's, he's so mm-hmm. pragmatic and that's something mm-hmm. they talk about a lot in the um, documentary. But anyway, you watch him do this stuff and he, there's just like this air of like, he doesn't, ca- he de- there is no care in his mind other than what do these people need most? In terms of food, because that's what he does. Yeah, yes. Um, But he says that the reason why he likes being a cook, why he likes calling himself a cook rather than a chef, um, is because the cook is like, there in the moment, it's creation, it's there with the fire, and it's there with the people, and it's there mm-hmm. in that act. It's very much about the act of creating rather than like managing people. But he says he understands that big problems actually have simple solutions. And he says, Being a cook is the best honor I can give myself. I cook and I feed. Um, and like the whole documentary just gives me the chills the whole time I'm watching it, yeah. So he talks about, like, one day everybody's going to receive a call. You're going to get a call, which, of course, is very, like, religious language. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that he he is relating any of this to religion. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 2010, the earthquake in Haiti was what he considers, like, his call. He saw, Mm -hmm. he said, I'm watching those images of destruction. And we kind of said, let's go. It's not like I was thinking I'm going to help. For me, it was more I'm going to learn. And he went to Haiti. Yes. And literally he just like called up a friend. They got on a plane and went to Haiti with the stuff on their backs. And they just started talking to people and cooking with people who were, who were locals there in Haiti and they learned how to cook what they wanted to cook. They brought in the women of the Mm -hmm. communities and said, what do you need? Tell us how to cook it. We're going to make you meals. Um, and the women were the ones running the operation saying, no, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Mm-hmm. And they did it how they wanted it. Yeah. And so like one of his partners in um, uh, World Central Kitchen said on the documentary, you have to respect people. Food is about community. It's about have, It's Sorry. It's about having... Food your way, meaning the people who are in that local community, and not the way some white savior thinks it should be cooked. Um, Y'all can't see
1: how hard I'm nodding right now. but
0: And Chef Andreas said, we make sure that what we're feeding is what the locals love to eat. Um, And it was just this really beautiful image of somebody who goes into these situations and doesn't say... How can I um, be the best? Be the best giver in mm-hmm. this situation. They say H- what it. What's needed here? Who are these people? What do they need? And how can I fulfill that need? There is no ego in what he does whatsoever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and of course. Oh gosh. Of course they like. They talk about Haiti so much, and then they contrast it with. Um, Hurricane Maria in Mm -hmm. 2017, they hit Puerto Rico. Yeah. And the first thing you see is President Trump tossing paper towel rolls to a crowd of people who need Uh supplies and they need food. Meanwhile, Chef Andreas was there on the ground in Puerto Rico making millions of meals Mm -hmm. um, and distributing them in whatever way he could. Literally Mm -hmm. was just, like, they will do whatever they have to do to get people food. Right. Um, And that was, like, the most perfect picture to me of what service and mission should look like. Mm -hmm. Just going out there and going, all right, how can I, quote, unquote, feed you? Mm -hmm. And and really posing that question, not just posing it to yourself, but posing it to the people that you're going to, to see. Yeah. Yeah that's really cool i need to watch that documentary it's very good i haven't actually finished the whole thing um but it's 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 incredible it's really really good yeah i really really really
1: really want to watch it it looks so good
0: yeah also i believe he's on an episode of waffles and mochi just do it just waffles and mochi beautiful children's show michelle obama helped produce waffles and mochi that's a that's a total tangent that's okay but check it out. Oh yes, he is on there because he does gazpacho. I think gazpacho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all that being said, uh, ultimately Jennifer Holmes Curran, who wrote that first article, she gave a couple recommendations mm-hmm. for um, how to do mission correctly. <laughs> hmm. Um, first, for the recipients. She actually gave some advice. Address the power dynamic. So like from the get-go, set up a system in place to where that pow- power dynamic between you and the people who are coming into your space is not so awkward. Like have yeah. check-ins with them so that you have an opportunity to say, hey, it's really great what you guys are doing here, but maybe put a drop cloth down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then speak up have a, a, a way to say look this is not what we need um mm-hmm. i we, we need this particular thing and be willing to say okay you're not willing to do what we actually need we're gonna ask you to leave like be willing to say we, we have to we, we, this is not working as a relationship mm-hmm. yeah. um and then lastly share life together which basically was like have a meal with these people who are coming into your space, mm-hmm. get to know them and they will get to know you. And that's going to make the whole experience better. Yeah. And then for the givers, listen attentively, um, invite the recipients to teach you something. And I think about chef Andreas, it, you know, learning how to cook for the people that he cooks for. Yeah. Focus on those being served, not the feelings of your volunteers. So if you, you know, if you have to keep them in check, keep them in check. Yep. And then the, the biggest one for me, cultivate the idea that less privileged people have something that you do not have. Um, which just. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, she says, from my time working with the less privileged communities, with less privileged communities, I have learned that when Jesus says, blessed are the poor, there is real Content to that blessing. As a member of the middle class, my instinct is to assume that blessing means physical, financial, and emotional comfort, but Jesus didn't think about it that way. In the Gospels, it is often the rich, powerful, and educated who missed what Jesus had to say, and those people on the margins are the ones who received it. Those of us who are affluent have things to learn about life, about God, about the good news of the Gospel from those who worship from a less privileged space. I would love to see groups entering service projects with this kind of humble spirit, knowing that they, what they would receive, they, sorry, knowing that what they receive will always be more than they give. So yes, just yes, all the yes. Boom. Uh-huh. Um, and then she closes the article saying, um, love is not something that you can do to another. It is something you do with them. Jesus knew us. He did not come simply to sacrifice himself, but also to know. If he knew us before he came, he went to great pains to show us that we were known. Which, yes, just yes. That hits me in the heart. I know. In a good way. You know, and and it takes me back to that initial thought that, like, Jesus never said to worship him. He said to follow him. Mm -hmm. And I think that means, like, following his example. And the way that he made strides to know us um, mm-hmm. and to know the people around him in order to, to be Jesus, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the son of man
1: came not to be served, but to serve.
0: Exactly, you know? exactly. So if you're out there planning your short-term mission trip... <laughs> Know that I do not hate you for taking a short-term mission trip. I think there's plenty of beauty to be had in a short-term mission trip if you approach it with the right mindset.
1: Yeah. I think if you understand that you can't just do a giant project and then dip. Yeah. Like, that's not helpful. Make sure what you're doing is actually helpful. It's a short-term goal.
0: It's not (laughs) a giant thing. Um and then like connect with that community connect with those yeah. people i regret every day i i i had to, i reached out to one of the the daughter of the pastor that we served under um in northern ireland and i asked her for the address of the woman that i stayed with for doris's address because i wanted to send her a letter i wanted to um connect with her again and let her know how much she meant to me. Um, and I never sent that letter, um, because I got busy and because Mm -hmm. I, you know, got into other things and I had have to go buy international stamps and, Oh, what an inconvenience for me. And I regret that every day because I think a lot about what that relationship maybe could have done, Mm -hmm. not just for me, but also for her. um, and I and you know as this article was saying, it's the people who made those relationships and who actually like made an effort to do life, you know, in our Christianese term, to mm-hmm. do life with them that actually made the difference. Um, and so you gotta you gotta know people in order to serve them. So yes. yep, that's that's really yeah that's all I. Yeah. Um. Love it. That was really good. That was a good yeah. discussion. Also, go watch We Feed People because... Yes. If there... Let me... Okay. Listener, let me tell you. If there is one way to my heart, it's some kind of cooking documentary or... Um, I won't even say chef's show because, like, I don't particularly care for cooking shows. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like a very specific kind of chef show. Or Chef the Movie. Or Chef the Movie. Honestly, if it's anything like <laughs> Chef the Movie. <laughs> you're going to love it. I'm going to love it. Oh, God. That movie is so good. It's... Uh, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I've... It oh. is... Whew.
1: If I wasn't in the office tomorrow, I would be watching it.
0: Yeah. John Favreau, if you're listening... <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we love you and your okay. movie chef. This is off topic,
1: but I meant to say this in the beginning of the episode. We like to joke around in our podcast when we talk about people and we're like, oh my God, John Favreau, if you see, mm-hmm. oh my God, Madam Lambert, if you're listening, they're probably not <gasps> oh, listening. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Helen yeah. Burr. <laughs> I blew <about> my mind. <laughs> peed my pants. <laughs> and, like, I know she's just a person. I'm not trying to, like,. You know, but it, I don't know. It was just really funny. Just a person. Um, she's
0: amazing person.
1: She's great. Um, if you if you didn't hear our last episode, we talked about uh, a documentary called The Way Down about a church that's in Tennessee. And one of the people in the documentary, uh, Helen Bird, we <laughs> talked about how great she was in the documentary and how much we loved her. And then she saw our, our post on Twitter And
0: she commented, and
1: and then she went listened, and then she listened to it, and I was like, "Oh, I hope it's not awkward that we talked about how much we love you." And
0: then I lost my mind.
1: And then I lost my mind. This was good. I think this was timely. Yeah, I think it was important. I like that we covered everything from pride to VBS to you know. I just like to.
0: (laughs) I just like to. I. It's like uh it's like buckshot. You just you got to do a wide <laughs> oh. <laughs> spread. It's like And buckshot. somewhere in there is the, the sense of an idea.
1: Yeah. I think there's multiple targets and you just hit all of them. I just like to talk about stuff, you know. I think they were all good. It was all <laughs> wrapped up. It was a lot of points. That was a compliment. <laughs>
0: I'm complimenting you. I feel like my I feel like my AP English paper's being is being uh assessed <laughs> right now. Well, you seem to have multiple arguments going on. Yeah. What's Can we narrow thesis? it to one? Your, yeah. your thesis is too broad. <laughs> well, friends, really what it comes down to is the 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 prime example of missions that I have Is somebody cooking for somebody? And I will come back to that every day. I will find a way to talk about it every day. Feed people. Because that's how you get to know them. And that is the best way to serve them. Feed people. And if you want to hear us
1: talk more about the importance of feeding people and eating food and uh, potlucks Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, things like that, you can check out... Episode 13 of this yeah. podcast, The yeah. Meal of Chance, in which we talk about food <laughs> and the importance of food. I will talk about food all day. So. Yep. Same. Same.
0: Well, friends, it's late.
1: Is this is it for us?
0: I think this is
1: it for us.
0: I think this is it for us. Uh, we love you. So much. Um, Just as you are? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Have a lovely whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Try not to stay awake at night thinking about Sarah humming this song. (laughs) Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> Stay communed. <laughs> <Buh-bye>.
1: <laughs> bye bye. Bye.
0: This episode of couch communion was produced by us we don't have a team for this music by grace mason cover art by the wonderful sarah mullins at dr frank and sarah on instagram and twitter if you like what you heard check us out on anchor spotify apple podcasts and anywhere else podcasts are found new episodes every friday thanks for listening